Hey guys, it's Simi, and this is Pro Wrestling Unlimited, as we are here on the 9th, the 9th of February, 2022, to talk about everything that went down tonight on AEW Dynamite. I thought tonight's Dynamite was a really good show. There was an issue of first hour, wow, and going into the second hour, it kind of dipped a little for me. And then the main event, boom. And to be completely honest, give me one second. I do have to check this on my phone. <clears throat> and so going into the main event, they're like, death match, death match, Texas death match. And I'm like, okay, we've seen the death match in AEW before, but I think this tonight blew away every other death match we've seen in AEW, whether that was Jericho and um, Nick Gage or Moxley and Archer in the past. I think this was the best death match we have seen in AEW. This match right here. And also, I do got to clarify some things. So we saw Jay White. So we saw... Sorry about that. So we saw Jay White. So we saw Keith Lee, and everyone's like, Jay White and Keith Lee are, are all elite. Not quite. Keith Lee is all elite. But the way they talked about Jay White, when they said, that's the Switchblade, New Japan's Jay White. New Japan's Jay White. He's here with the forbidden door. He is not all elite. Because uh, Tony Khan tweeted that Mr. Keith Lee is all elite, but did not tweet that Jay White is all elite. So those are some things to look at. Those are some things to look at. They have not signed Jay White, as far as we know, but they have signed Keith Lee. So that is the thing, because I've seen people in the chat already. Jay White's all elite, and I've seen people on Twitter. Jay White has signed with AEW. Jay White was on the show tonight. Not necessarily. He did not sign, as far as we know, with All Elite Wrestling. Uh, Jay White, that is. Uh, Real Mr. Pickle says, might have missed it, but did Tony Khan ever make that huge announcement? Technically, there wasn't going to be an official announcement. The announcement was the arrival of Jay White, I believe, because there was the Keith Lee facing Isaiah Cassidy, who I think Isaiah Cassidy was a perfect First opponent for Keith Lee. We'll talk about that more. But then at the same time, it's like there was another surprise. That's the huge announcement, which really wasn't an announcement. And that was Jay White showing up for 45 seconds to a minute. Which apparently is going to be the way Adam Cole made it sound in the Bucks corner this week. Oh, that was a little too high on Rampage. But with that, I do want to say thank you for joining us here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And Twitter.com forward slash PW Unlimited. Remember, if you want to help us out, you can do that a couple of different ways. You can help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can subscribe to the channel one of two different ways. You can be just like Cold Cuts KC was a minute ago, subscribing with a tiered subscription for 13 months. Do appreciate that, bud. Or if you say, I can't afford that, 
I'm already paying Jeff Bezos for Amazon Prime. Well, you're in luck. You take that Amazon Prime account. You take that Twitch account. You link them together, bada bing, bada boom. You got Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool benefits like free games, free stuff for games, and one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. Really appreciate it. If you subscribed right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited, but also remember, it doesn't even have to be your personal Amazon account. It can be an account for your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your auntie, your uncle, your dog walker, your baker down the road that you get your donuts from, the guy that made the cake for your daughter's fourth birthday, the girl over there at Sonic bringing you out your slush, your grape slush with nerds. Say, hey, you got Amazon Prime? Oh, you do? Well, can I take that, link it to my Twitch account, and then subscribe to the to a, a channel that I want to support? And who knows? You do that, you strike up a conversation, maybe it's the cute girl over there at Sonic, you then ask her out on a date, next thing you know, you're married with kids five years later. Who the hell knows? But with that, on the flip side, if you're watching over on YouTube, you can help us out over there as well in the live chat with a super chat or a super sticker donation. Also remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel by hitting that join button down below. By doing so, you get early access to news, early access to podcast episodes, early access to non-news videos, and so much more. And finally, you can get all that at patreon.com forward slash pwunlimited, but also you can head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy a new game. If you're looking to get the Badass Kung Fu Fighter Sifu. That is not only badass, but will kick your ass. That game is hard as shit. You can go over there and buy it. And before you click checkout, it'll say you have a creator code. And you do. It's PW Unlimited. So go to the Epic Game Store. Buy Sifu. It's only $39.99. And it doesn't cost you anything extra to support us by putting in this code right here. You can also do so whether you're claiming the free games, which right now is Ukulele. Or if you're playing Fortnite on your PlayStation, Xbox, or Nintendo Switch, or your mobile device, it'll say, you got a creator code, and you're buying V-Bucks? You do. You PW Unlimited. But with that, also forget a little housekeeping here. We've got a preview up right now on the PW Unlimited YouTube channel. We're previewing this weekend's The Art of Drowning Show for, for West Coast Pro Wrestling. They've got a great lineup where the show will be main evented with the champion AJ Gray teaming with Effie to take on the team of Jacob Fatu and Homicide. There's also a match between Speedball Mike Bailey and ACH and a great women's match that I think is going to steal the show as well. It's Masha Slamovich, it's Nicole Savoy, Kaylee Ray, and Rachel Ellering. The guys talk about all that. It's Nick, it's James Kincaid, the voice of West Coast Pro. They're breaking down some of the most anticipated matches of the show coming up this Friday, go check out that preview that we do have up right now at the PW Unlimited YouTube channel. But we've got an EW to talk about. We've got a butt-ton of stuff to talk about. Is this what I would call a very newsworthy show? So with that, the show opens up, and there's Burberry carpet. You know, where like a red carpet would be going down the ramp, but it's Burberry. And out would come Wardlow, walking out with some cardboard cutouts of MJF, one of him sitting in the ring celebrating, and the other one of him choking out CM Punk. So Wardlow comes down, don't get, doesn't get no kind of entrance, no nothing. 
comes down, places these things in the ring, and then hands some papers off to Justin Roberts, who does make the announcements of Floyd Blanchard and FTR. Best accountability kind of buddy ever, Sean Spears. And then some long, dragged-out, wacky introduction by MJF. And I'm going to say it right now. I think, as a personality, Sean Spears is very underrated. Sean Spears has great facial expressions. He's really good in the ring, but I think Sean Spears is one of those guys that he's just like, you see him on camera and you go, oh, that's Sean Spears, whatever. But then the way he acts and like his facial expressions, like when Justin Roberts was reading this intro of MJF and he's like, oh yeah. And he's like kind of mouthing it at the same time. Really underrated, I would say. <clears throat> but they announced MJF. Maxwell Jacob Friedman. And then the center screen rises. We see these two girls wearing kind of like Roman Empire woman dresses. And MJF on a throne being carried down to the ring. MJF's carried down to the ring. He gets up on his throne. He goes over there and kisses one of the girls. I can't remember. Oh, I know who she is. She's an indie wrestler. I can't always forget her last name. It's Gabby something. Let me know in the chat. And I don't know who the other girl was. So he goes over, gets a kiss on the cheek from Gabby. Then makes out with the other girl. I don't know who she is. Like He's just tonguing the shit out of her. And then gets in the ring. We started by saying that last week, he made it clear that he's the best wrestler on this planet. He beat Punk. And it made him emotional. So much that he leaned over his victory and told Punk, you suck. He sounded like he was about to credit Wardlow for some help, but then thanks Sean Spears. And boy, is Wardlow going to be one of the biggest babyfaces in this company when he finally leaves MJF. When he turns on MJF and goes babyface, he is going to be one of the biggest babyfaces in this company. So Spears says that he got a gift for MJF. A brand new shirt that says, I'm better than the best in the world, and you know it. Available now on shopaew.com and Pro Wrestling Tees. My mouth a little dry. So MJF said now he's setting his sights on bigger things, and that is the AEW World Championship. Before he can say anything else, though, he was interrupted by CM Punk. And I, I had the, probably the same reaction as MJF. Oh, fuck this again? Because I've said it. It seemed just getting to the match last week that this thing was dragged out. Now we got to get more of this? More? Really? Before CM Punk actually came out, though, I thought MJF had a really good line. He goes, I beat Punk, and that makes me better than Brett in Canada. Piper in a uh, Piper in... Portland, and Punk in Chicago. And that's when he said Punk in Chicago, and that's when CM Punk came out. Punk interrupted saying the MJF's win in Chicago is, quote, about as suspect as his spray tan, end quote. Punk got some of his friends with him, so he's not coming here alone, and out comes Darby and Sting. Bats and all, and then they hand one bat to Punk. Punk said, I want a rematch, but not with MJF, with Wardlow, the real man that beat me last week. He said, Wardlow, this is also your chance to leave that scumball in MJF. This irritated MJF very badly. 
Dax said he wanted a rematch. He wanted to fight Punk. Maybe we get a six-man tag team match rematch going. FTR and MJF versus Darby Sting and Punk. <clears throat> Punk agreed. And MJF said, no. But here's what we'll do. You and anybody you want against the best tag team in the world, FTR. If you beat them, you can have me any place, anytime, any match. But you can't team with Tweedledum and Tweedledumber right there on the ramp. You gotta go find somebody else in the back. Good luck finding somebody that actually likes you. And I'm like, that shouldn't be hard. It really shouldn't be hard. Everyone talks glowing of CM Punk and AEW. All of a sudden, MJF looks at Wardlow and goes, oh, by the way, get ready, bud. You got a match coming up. Like he didn't know that he was taking on the blade, even though, even though Wardlow versus the blade was announced 31 minutes before the show even went on the air. Well, in the back, they are in some random room with bricks. I don't know where they got this brick room. They find this brick room almost in every city they're in. So maybe they're rebuilding it everywhere. I don't know. But Sting and Darby must have really ran to go catch Andrade for this segment. But Andrade, who's like, really, I don't, I don't know. Andrade just came off weird to me, the way he was talking. But he's like, I know you work for Sting, Mr. You. It was weird the way he was going, but Sting was like, Darby don't work for me. Everyone knows that. Darby don't work for me. He's his own man. And he's like, you want him to work for you? You got to beef with Darby. You go to Darby straight. You don't have to come through me first. And Darby's like, I'm never going to work for you. You know, my goal, I'm going to be the next TNT champion. And Andrade goes, no, everybody knows that I am the next. TNT champion. And then he walks off and Sting and Darby look at each other and they're like, oh, what was that really all about? Where did this come from? Have I missed something on Rampage? Have I missed something on Dark or Dark Elevation? Where did the whole Andrade and Matt Hardy think that they can get Darby to join their group come from? Because if unless I've missed something on Dynamite, what the hell? I heard about this last week or the week before or whatever. When Matt was like, you still haven't got Darby, Andrade. What, a what, a what the heck? And then this week he's trying to recruit Darby again. And I'm like, what? what? This came out of nowhere. Nowhere. Next up, we had Wardlow versus the Blade. And this was just a total squash match. Wardlow immediately popped up uh, after the Blade gave him a chop block from behind. And he took him down with repeated suplexes. He drove the blade back, back first into the ring post ahead of a commercial break. Once back, Wardlow shrugged off some chops and ran into a couple knee strikes. He caught a third and turned it into a powerbomb, commencing with the powerbomb symphony, four in total, before picking up the victory. So there we go. Uh, Juan says, Andrade has been recruiting him on Rampage. Gotcha. On Rampage, if I ever do watch it, like I don't watch it every week, but when I do, I skip through everything that's not a match. Like, no joke. If it's not a match, I fast forward. So that's why I've missed it. Because Rampage just doesn't entice me. There's been some matches that I'm like, oh, that's been hyped up. I got to go back and check that out. But it's just the matches. No one talks about anything else on the show. That's why I don't care about anything else on the show. I don't watch the promos on Rampage. I don't watch the backstage talking segments on Rampage. 
So after the match, Wardlow celebrated on the middle rope. Spears would come in, hit the blade with a chair. Wardlow would get a look like, what the fuck you doing, bro? And then they would leave. We then got a video. Alexander Hantes was narrating a Penta El Cerro Mieto, or Arrow, Penta El Cerro M video. And basically, it was Penta calling out Black, and then like he pulled a mask out of a grave. And I don't think, but I think maybe we're getting Penta Dark. I don't know. Very interesting. Us uh, in Saturday, the chat says it would be stupid if Wardlow leaves MJF. Timmy can't get. He can't. He get deny MJF's contract. You really believe that? You really believe the whole MJF owns Wardlow bullshit? No. When Wardlow finally, there's going to be that day when he goes, I read over the contract and there is an out clause for me. Maxwell, and then he's going to beat his ass, and there we go. <clears throat> Next up, we have the Inner Circle team meeting. Jericho, Sammy, and Hager all came out to Judas wearing the Inner Circle vest, but no Santana and Ortiz. Once they got down to the ring and, and um, Jericho's about to speak, out came Proud and Powerful with new music to be, to be, be said. Jericho asked about Santana and Ortiz not tagging him in a couple of weeks ago, calling it disrespectful. Santana said that Jericho only cares about himself and the inner circle has only cared or only served for Jericho's own interests and purposes. That anytime they go after or try to go after tag titles, their, their opportunity gets shut down because something more important pertaining to Jericho takes their attention and they got to go worry about that instead. They said, quote, the days of us playing second fiddle are over and done with, end quote. The only thing they kept, they kept them going was the fans. Santana said that if it wasn't for Ortiz, he would have dropped Jericho, though, a long time ago. Jericho finally gets to talk, because every time he was about to talk, Santana would go, Chris, I ain't done. Chris, I ain't done. Chris, I ain't done. So, Jericho said, you remind me of my old friend, Eddie Guerrero. He would keep making mistakes, blaming others for his mistakes. He would then say, what has Eddie Kingston ever done for you here in AEW? Jericho said, he's got influence. He's an influencer in this company, and things that he says gets done, that he can make things happen. And since Santana and Ortiz came to AEW, they have challenged for championships. They've main evented pay-per-views. They've been on the big stage. But about a year ago in February, they challenged for the tag titles. And what happened? They lost to the Young Bucks. Jericho then said, I brought you into this group and I can kick you out. Quote, maybe I invited the wrong two members of LAX to join. He would then say, Jake, got the numbers of Homicide and Hernandez. And that's when Santana would try to attack Jericho. And my thought was, why would Jake Hager have Homicide and Hernandez number? Wouldn't he ever work in a promotion with them? That made no sense. Maybe Sammy. Because Sammy's been on indie shows with, with Homicide, but I don't know. <clears throat> Lugavar stepped in between as Santana's basically trying to choke out Jericho. Jericho told Sammy, shut up! And then immediately regretted yelling at Sammy. 
Bar said this bickering isn't going to help him accomplish his goals. He said, quote, I've quit this group before, and unless you guys can figure it out, I'll quit it again. He took off the vest and walked out of the ring. Ortiz said that Kingston was one of his brothers in arms. Where they come from, they deal with their problems, not by this, but with these. And next week, we want to fight. Thus, Santana and Ortiz against Jericho and Hager. We will settle this once and for all. Jericho said, after the smack, after they, after we smack your faces around, then you'll have an attitude adjustment we accept. So next week on ramp, dynamite, dynamite, dynamite. It will be proud and powerful Santana and Ortiz against the inner circles, Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. So in the back, we got Rapongi Vice. And they're talking about their upcoming match this week on Rampage with the Young Bucks, which actually got pushed back. Um, Rocky says, I'm clear. I'm good. I'm 100%. Now we can have this match. But the Young Bucks then come up and go, hey, we saw on the run sheet there was a Rapongi Vice segment in the back, so uh, we thought we'd crash it. And then uh, Matt then says something about his tan. And then they attack. They attack Rapongi Vice. Adam Cole's there. They give um, Rocky the BTE trigger before they can go after Trent, though. Cole stops him and goes, hey, look who it is. Man walks up wearing a jacket. Back of the jacket's got the logo, and it says Switchblade. Turns around. Switchblade, Jay White. You then take Trent, throw him into the production truck. That was it. So there's the things to look at here. They said that is New Japan Pro Wrestling's Jay White. Not just that's Jay White. So he is not signing with AEW. Calling him New Japan Pro Wrestling's Jay White means he is not actually signing right now with All Elite Wrestling. I don't know his contract status, but last I heard, last February he signed a one-year deal. Well, maybe his deal's up soon. This is him testing the waters. I don't know all that. But I do know that Tony Khan sent out a Keith Lee's All Elite graphic, but not a Jay White All Elite graphic. Well, that right there. You don't got to look at any of the how did they announce him, what did commentary say. That right there proves that he didn't sign. He's not signing right now. Well, then everyone's like, is Jay White about to take on Isaiah Cassidy? Is Jay White about to? No. Less than five minutes later, we get the debut of the limitless Keith Lee. So Isaiah Cassidy's in the ring with Mark Quinn and Matt Hardy, and they're waiting, and they're waiting. Keith Lee comes out. Isaiah Cassidy, scared shitless. He's got the look on his face like, oh, what just happened? Well, why do I have to face this guy? And I think Isaiah Cassidy, perfect. Perfect opponent for Keith Lee. Somebody who can flip-flop and fly around that ring and sell for the big man. And one of the first spots they do after Keith Lee gets in the ring and just waits for the crowd as they're basking his glory. Oh, basking his glory. So that he soaks it in for a second. He then grabs Isaiah Cassidy and just woof throws him across the ring. He goes probably up about 8, 10 feet in the air. Maybe not that high, but it looked it. They start going at it. 
He follows this up with an athletic leapfrog drop-down combo into a crossbody. Slingshot crossbody. And Cassidy hit a dropkick, but was pounced out of the ring in response. Then, I can't believe what they said here. Matt Hardy was over this. Because Matt Hardy was like, if you can't get this job done, I'm going to leave. And you guys are done. Like, he's over Isaiah Cassidy, losing and losing and losing. And Matt Hardy literally jumps to the barricade, walks through the crowd and leaves. And the commentary says, well, that's some pretty erotic behavior. What? Are you kidding me? If you don't know the context to this, which I'm pretty sure most people do, you don't know the context to this. Right before Jeff Hardy got released from WWE, he had that match in Texas, six-man tag. When he tagged himself out of the match, he rolled off the apron, jumped to the barricade, left, walked out. Walked out of the ringside area to the back or whatever. And people online were saying that Jeff, during the match, had some erratic behavior. So for them... To basically do a play on that. What? Literally, Matt jumps to the barricade. Doesn't even walk the ramp to the back or anything. Jumps to the barricade through the crowd, walks off. And they say, well, that's some pretty erratic behavior. Huh? Erratic, not erotic, K. Ballard. Grow up. No one said erotic. But uh, that was a little much. So the match keeps going on. Couldn't grab Lee's boot at one point, allowing Cassidy to hit a cutter off the top rope, followed by a tornado jive. Then there's a spot where Cassidy's down. No, Cassidy's standing. Keith Lee then slingshots himself from the apron on the outside over the top rope and cross bodies. Isaiah Cassidy, literally, whoom, like he's Sammy Guevara or Johnny Gargano. Eventually, swats Lee out of the air after Lee goes for a striking combination. He hits the ground zero, his version of a jackhammer. One, two, three. Keith Lee is the first man to actually qualify for the face of the Revolution ladder match at Revolution on March 6th. So out of the six names that will be in this match, Keith Lee is the first to be announced, will be qualified. After the match, Private Party took Lee out with some tandem offense, but then Lee caught both of them individually on the dives, powerbomb Quinn onto Cassidy on the apron. So literally, in a eight-minute span, five-minute span, we get Jay White, commercial Keith Lee. Going forward, video package, recap the Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa, Mercedes Martinez feud. Next week, Rosa will face Martinez in a notice qualification match. Excuse me. Going, going under the next match, FTR came out with Tully. Say right now, Cash Wheeler got a hell of a mullet. And then Punk comes out. And we go, who's Punk's partner? Who's Punk's partner? And I literally... Type into my buddy, 
bet you it's just Moxley. We haven't seen or heard of Moxley yet tonight. And then out comes Moxley. Not that big of a shock here. Interesting, though, that last week, Brian Danielson asked Moxley to become his tag partner and start a faction. He gives them no response, and then he teams with Punk tonight. Okay. So, FTR. Where was it? Um, Punk and Dax started off the match wrestling around. And, uh, Dax then tags in Cash pretty early on, but Cash couldn't really establish an, an advantage. Moxley then enters the match. He and Punk work together until a brief distraction from Cash, Cash allowed FTR to take control. They targeted and dismantled the left leg of Punk. Punk eventually did reach Moxley for another tag, and Mox took out both of FTR, concluding the run of offense with a double DDT. He thought about a suicide dive, but was tripped up. Punk hit a springboard lariat and wanted a dive, but FTR caught him. Moxley used that to land a tope suicida on everybody right ahead of a commercial break. Got picture-in-picture picture during that break. FTR put Moxley through the timekeeper's table. Made it back into the ring right at nine to break the count. FTR then kept up the aggression with frequent tags and double-team moves, isolating Moxley until he fought out with an atomic drop on Dax and a back suplex on Cash. FTR took out Punk to prevent Moxley from making the tag, then hit a double-team double leg drop for a near fall. Moxley would fire up here with a big lariat out of the corner, reaching Punk for the hot tag. Punk hit the rising knee bulldog combo, then tagged in Moxley, who got Dax in an electric chair. Punk then climbed the ropes and hit a doomsday device. Moxley took out Cash with the plancha as Punk covered for a good near fall. Start fighting on the floor as Cash hit a swinging DDT before grabbing the ring bell. Punk rolled up Dax, but the kickout forced Punk into the ring bell shot for an awesome near fall. Punk went for the GTS, but FTR turned into a big rig, forcing Moxley to break up the pin. I believe this is the first time that someone got hit with the big rig and didn't actually then ultimately lose. Yes, they didn't. Punk didn't kick out. Moxley broke up the pin, but it's still the first time that they hit the big rig and it just didn't end the match. Well, there's a first. Going forward, Punk rolled through a crossbody into an Anaconda device and Cash tapped frantically. The official was distracted. Foley entered the ring and distracted Punk, but Punk hit him with a GTS. Cash rolled Punk up with the tights for a close near fall. Moxley and Punk then both hit simultaneous GTS paradigm shifts and picked up the victory. Punk wins. Punk gets MJF again. So AE, AQA then cut a promo before her upcoming match. And this in the show kind of took a lull for me. I didn't really personally care for this match. Um, she talked about being trained by Booker T. The Dynamite was the best place that she can be to prove herself. Now, if you're asking, who is this AQA? She's a former Jada Ramey year in, in NXT. Worked a handful of matches. Really a good number of matches. Actually, this is her first match since June 1st, 2021. She worked a match where she teamed with Zoe Stark to take on Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae. I don't know exactly what happened to her after that match, but she didn't work again after that. Then November 4th, WWE releases her. 
So she does challenge Jade Cargill to the TBS Championship. Now, I don't know if she's signed either or she was just brought in for this one match because, again, she didn't get a AQA as All Elite graphic. But AQA, the former Zayda Ramier in NXT, came out here and she looked good, but the match itself to me was kind of just meh. Again, Jade matches that just struggle. Jade slammed the challenger right away. AQA went for a key lock, and Jade powered out with a one-arm slam. Kipped up. AQA came back with a drop kick, but Jade took her down with an elbow strike on the floor ahead of the commercial. Once back, AQA fired up with some strikes and something resembling a sling blade, but it still didn't really look that good because I think Jade maybe actually took the bump early. Floated over into a DDT, then climbed the ropes and did hit a good-looking shooting star press for her too. I will, I will give her that. That's what I said, Jay, uh, Chase. Zeta Ramier. I've said it like three times now. Zeta Ramier in NXT. But her, her real wrestling name outside of WWE is AQA. <clears throat> uh, she climbed the top rope again, but Jade stood up and propped, AQ propped AQA into another corner. Jade caught a crossbody and hit a slam, followed by the Jaded to pick up the victory. Jade, once again... Wins, still undefeated. Go back to the Cutler Cam. Young Bucks and Adam Cole are backstage. The Bucks are going to beat Rapongi Vice this week, they say, and set their sights back on the tag titles. Cole said Jay White would be in their corner this week. The Bucks were uncertain about that, but Cole said, when you're Bullet Club, you're Bullet Club for life. Very interesting note there. Then we got something else that sucked. It was Serena Deeb and her. The Professor's 5-Minute Rookie Challenge. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Deeb comes out and says, There's no woman in that locker room better than me. There's no woman in that locker room that can lace my boots. So that's why I have issued the Professor's 5-Minute Rookie Challenge. I'm like, this shit is dumb. And all it was was she took on Katie Arquette and she stalled for a whole minute and then tapped her out. That was it. She like whipped her into the corner, beat her up a couple times, looked at the clock, goes, okay. Looked at the clock, okay. Slammed her down, put her in submission, tapped her out right at the minute mark. I'm like, that was nothing. Like they're building up Serena Deep for what? Deeb ain't, what, Deeb gonna face Jade for the TBS title? She ain't gonna take that title. She ain't gonna face Baker and take that title. What are they building up Serena D before? Like, oh, makes no sense to me. We got some announcements for upcoming shows this week on AEW Rampage, which I believe is filming right now. Or may be done filming by this point. Uh, Young Bucks versus Rapongi Vice. Britt Baker versus Robin Renegade. The AEW Tag Team Championships will be on the line. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus defending against the Gun Club. Also, Hook will be taking on Blake Lee, and we will hear from Brian Danielson. Next week on Rampage, from, I want to say, Nashville, Chris Jericho and Jake Hager against Santana and Ortiz, and a no-disqualification match, Thunder Rosa versus Mercedes Martinez. So then, we get our main event. An absolutely brutal and bloody match that Nick just kept telling me, 
Are they allowed to do this on TV? Can they really do this stuff on TV? Can they do that on TV? Like Nick just kept messaging me. Can they do that on TV? They do another spot. Can they do that on TV? I thought it was funny. So I go into this match and I'm like, all right, this will be fun. But I didn't have that high of hopes. This blew my expectations out of the water. Best hardcore match, best death match, whatever you want to say, in my opinion, in the company history. We've had death matches, quote unquote, death matches before. We had Moxley and Archer. We had Jericho and uh, Nick Gage. But I thought this was the best one. I really thought this was the best one. So there's no disqualification. And then I get confused early on in this match because the ref starts doing like a count out thing. And I'm like, why is the ref doing a count out? There's a count outs in this match. And then Archer stands up at nine. And I'm like, why do you stop the count out? But then I was informed on Twitter. No, 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 no. It's knockout or submission. And I go, oh, okay. Gotcha. Ref, uh, announcers could have done a better job of letting us know that. But as Archer's making his way out to the ring, before he even gets to the ramp, camera's cut to the back, and, and uh, the champ has already attacked him. Archer wanted to choke slam Paige off the stage, but Paige came back with a belt shot and sent Archer through some glass that I guess was maybe supposed to be for an entrance. I don't know what this glass is supposed to be for, but it was there. It had the Lance Archer logo on it, and he gets thrown through it. And then, weirdly, they're like the glass is just laying there. And Jim Ross goes, are you okay, Tony? And Tony's like, yeah, there's glass shards all over. It came all the way to our desk. And then you look, and like they kind of get a shot over in that vicinity. And then they do like four replays. The glass never actually like flew off anywhere. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Archer goes through this glass. Paige grabs him, takes him back out on the ramp, and Archer's bleeding. Archer's busted open and thrown into the ring. Page goes for the buckshot early. He hits the buckshot. Archer rolls to the floor. Page then hit a plancha on the outside, but Archer whacked him over the head with the trash can lid off the dive. Dan Lambert then makes his way out and starts unscrewing the top rope. Jake the Snake comes out and gets involved as well, helping Archer, distracting Adam Page. Archer wanted to choke slam, wanted to choke some on the floor, but Paige popped up onto the railing and hit a moonsault. They made their way back to the ring where Archer continued dismantling the ropes. Paige was busted open here, blood just gushing over the side of his face, his eye, everything. There were some tables set up at ringside, and they jockeyed for position on the apron. Paige tried to boot Archer through the tables, but Archer countered and sent Paige into the turnbuckle. Jake then hit a short arm clothesline. As Archer was lifting up the the uh, the pads on the floor, the mats, which never really came into play, Jake then goes, "Woo!" Like I hit the DDT, and I go, they "Ain't gonna let this old fart hit a bump. They ain't gonna let him take a bump." And then Lance Lance stops him, kicked in the gut, DDT on his, on him instead. Which I kind of like that. Where it's like Jake's like, "I'm gonna hit this man with my DDT," but then Archer's like, "No, you're not." And then Archer gets a DDT for his troubles. I like that a lot, actually. Back in the ring, Paige whacked Archer with a kendo stick. He no-sold it. But immediately, you see his back and his back of his, like, arm right here start bruising up. Because these are hard shots. Archer catches the kendo stick at one, one point, though, after a bunch of kendo stick shots. Breaks it over his knee, grabs Paige, lifts him up about eight feet in the air, and choke slams him so hard through a through a trash can that the bottom of the trash can you see 
pop out. Trash can this thin. Thin as it can be. He then grabs the fork, licks the fork, and then starts stabbing Paige with it over the just over and over. And that's one of the Nick. Can you even do that on TV? Is that allowed on TV? And then licks the fork after stabbing it in the head of, of Paige before landing a cannonball onto Paige on the floor. Archer tossed a half dozen chairs into the ring before pulling out a chair with barbed wire on it. He propped up the steel chairs and then hit the blackout on Paige onto them in an insane-looking spot. He wanted a powerbomb in the ring, but Paige managed to grab the barbed wire off of the chair and deliver a rolling elbow strike with the barbed wire wrapped around his forearm. He then hit a German suplex as well. Paige then vaulted over the official to hit a buckshot lariat, sending Archer crashing through the two tables. Actually, no, I missed the spot. So, before this, Archer goes to the floor after the um, fork spot, and he grabs the steel steps and turns them sideways. Then, grabs Paige off the apron, gives him a blackout onto the steel steps. Paige crashes onto the steps, then bounces off of them. Eventually, Paige does regain himself, vaults over the official, hits the buckshot lariat, which sends Archer crashing to the floor through the two tables. Paige makes it back in the ring, but by nine, Archer never gets back up. Paige retains the title. We're at the top of the hour, seven o'clock. I'm like, they're going to rush off this air. They don't. After the match, out comes Adam Cole. Adam Cole grabs the belt and puts it over the shoulder of Paige, basically letting him know, that's your title for now. Adam Cole looks to possibly be the next challenger to Adam Hangman Page. It's the Battle of the Adams, the world title. Now, I'm not opposed to this. Adam Cole challenging for the belt. I think it should have been MJF and MJF beating Page. You're not going to get MJF more hated in this company than him being the one that takes the title off of Paige. And they can still do that, but I wanted them to actually do it quickly, like by revolution. But it looks like possibly the match for revolution could be Adam Hangman Page defending against Adam Hangman or Adam Cole, Bay Bay. But with that, that was AEW Dynamite. I thought overall, really good show that for 40, no, for an hour and a half of the show, really good. There's a half hour spot that kind of like meh for me, but regardless, I thought overall it was a really good show. I thought it was really newsworthy. We had Jay White. We had Keith Lee. We had Keith Lee qualifying for the ladder match. We had a great main event. We had Adam Cole coming out, basically staking his claim going for the world title. So it's like a lot of things were built up on this show and built up in a good way. But with that, you know what I thought of the show. Now it's time to figure out what you guys thought of tonight's show. Remember, you can put a super chat or a super sticker in the live chat on YouTube, or you can text in to 510-906-1341. Again, that number is 510-906-1341. But first, let's check the polls. As far as the Twitch poll does go, 83% of you liked the show with 17% not liking it. As far as the YouTube no, the Twitter poll does go. Twitter poll, 72% liked the show. 16% thought it was just all right. And 11% did not like the show. As far as the YouTube poll does go, 85% liked the show. 
9% thought it was all right. And 7% did not like tonight's dynamite. As we look at the text messages, this person says, do you think it's too early to put the put Adam Cole in the world title picture? No, I don't think it's too early at all. Chris says, so now that Keith Lee is in AEW, what dream match would you like to see? And also, do you think the future we see Jade versus Britt title for title? No, they're never going to do title for title. You can't do title for title. Not now. You have to establish both of those titles still, especially the TBS title. You do title for title and put both titles on one woman, then that TBS title just is going to become an afterthought. But no, we don't get Jade versus Britt title for title. Not a chance. As far as Keith Lee dream matches in AEW, oh, Danielson, Box, Omega. Give me Keith Lee and Adam Cole again, baby. I want to see him pounce Adam Cole again. <clears throat> uh, this person says, I think AEW did a good job tonight. Keep on doing a good job on PW Unlimited. Also, what's your favorite match on Dynamite tonight? The main event. It has to be. Or says, hey, Tim, did you catch Dolph Ziggler's promo last night? He made it sound like he's going to be on NXT for a while. Yes, I tweeted about it, actually, live as it was happening. Or says, I thought the limitless Keith Lee was better than the WWE bomb Bearcat Keith Lee. Jay White is great as well. You can't compare. You can't. This was one night compared to him being in WWE for like three years. The Bearcat thing was dumb, yes. But it it was just a name and a, a rah in his entrance music. Um, and this person says that FTR versus Punk Mox match was really slow. It looked like everyone in that match were waiting on someone to do their part so they could do their part, especially that Mox pin breakup. There was a little bit of that at points, but I don't think it was slow enough to really hinder the match. I thought the match was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. I really, really did. But with that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And Twitter.com forward slash PW Unlimited. Remember, we'll be back on Friday. Friday morning, we've got the wrestling wrap-up. Friday night, we've got the SmackDown review. We'll start the week back over next Monday. So with that, guys, have a great rest of your week, and I'll see you next time.